Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity again that all is. So again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Now, this part of this is called the ordinary and the exceptional, all right? Now, there are two extremes, and we're going to talk about these tonight. There's over-dependency upon the exceptional or rejection of the exceptional. Now, let me, let me see if we can talk about this. There is over-dependency upon the exceptional. What is the exceptional? The exceptional is to get into the spirit world and be hearing a voice. Now, we all understand that that is what? Hearing the voice of God is, happens to be something, a skill that we're going to have to be, we're going to have to learn. It's not something that automatically comes because you and I became a Christian and got filled with the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. It is something that, bless God, that comes to us as we are growing and God is nurturing us. But the first way in which we need to understand that the right way to be led is by the Word of God. And again, if you haven't learned anything this weekend, hopefully you'll grasp onto that and realize that it is the learning of the Word of God. The Word of God has the answer for every aspect of your life that's sitting right in your lap. And so many times, again, we're looking for the... And when you get into this thing of looking into the exceptional, when you get into this thing of looking into this, for the spirit world to guide you, we've tried to tell you how tricky that was. In fact, you know I've done um, hours. Most of you, if you haven't gotten those set of CDs on false prophets and false prophecies, you need to do that. You need to sit down, and I think the CDs are actually Prophets and Prophecy. The, the DVD is False Prophets and Prophecy, uh, False Prophecy. And you need to listen to that because what you need to understand is that the problem that's happening, people are cursing themselves because they're truly believing that they're having a dream, they're having a vision, they're hearing a voice, and it's coming from God. In fact, when you go through that with me and you study it, you'll have to agree with me that when things don't work out and you say God said, you're cursed with a curse according to the Word, the second problem you got is that, bless God, that if it doesn't, you know, it comes forth, and if you're cursed with a curse, then the next thing that's going to happen is what? You're going to get yourself in a bind. When we begin to examine those things and we begin to realize, and I, and I use the thing that happened out in uh, Portland, Oregon uh, last year, Father, before Father's Day, a pastor, a Messianic pastor, had a dream, and he gave vividly the description of the dream that he had. And what he had was that there was going to be a tidal wave that was going to come in there and destroy Salem, uh, and it was also going to destroy uh, Portland. And it was going to take place on Father's Day. And, of course, I'm out there, I'm in Portland, and I said, no, that's not going to happen. But uh, it wasn't. And I began to tell him two reasons why. One reason it wasn't going to happen was because the man is not a prophet. He says, pastor. God doesn't give those kind of things to pastors. He gives them to prophets, all right? The second thing that I said was, that you heard me say earlier this weekend is, dreams are tricky things, all right? If you have a dream for guidance for your life personally, then you're going to be able to understand the dream. If you have a dream that would pertain to a tidal wave and destruction, do you know what's going to happen? 
it's going to be shown to you in a way that you're, it's going to have to be interpreted. Now, that's what the consistency is within the Word of God. So, what, what, so I knew that there was no way that that was going to happen. So I just said, no, it wasn't going to happen. Now, it didn't happen. Now, what happens next? The next thing that takes place, that, that were the surroundings or the area of which all this took come down, then this pastor, he doesn't want to say he missed God. So they, they, they got into some, I'm not sure what he ended up saying. I know I emailed him because my, my uh, question was, what happened? We believed, you know, he believed that all this thing was going to take place. It didn't take place. People got alarmed. People spent Father's Day running from uh, as far as they could get away from Portland, Oregon and Salem, Oregon, so that they wouldn't be caught into this thing if it happened. But it didn't happen. Now, this man leaned to the exceptional into the spirit world, and what happened was it was real easy to say it didn't take place. And that's what we're trying to get you to understand, and we're trying to get you to bless God to do what? To bless God to get around to it. Now, time factor in the book of, uh, book of Acts compared to our lifetime, 60-some years. Okay? So what you're seeing here with the exceptional in operation in the book of Acts covers somewhere around 60 years, more or less. Now... What all did we see there? We saw within that time frame, we saw the blind see. We saw the lame walk. We saw within that the dead raised. We saw gates that were locked swing open, chains that were around their, 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 probably their arms and their legs fall off. We saw, bless God, absolutely everything that happened. We saw the Ananias and Sapphira thing in the fifth chapter of Acts where they come in and lied to the Holy Ghost and they fell dead. And it said, and great fear fell upon the people. We saw these things happen over that amount of time, and somehow we're living in such a fictitious world today in the church that we're starting to believe that, bless God, that we can do everything in that book of Acts overnight. And that's, that, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. You have to, again, begin to develop yourselves as, as, as a baby would be developed, and you go through those stages and the stages of growth. Now, when, when you look at this thing and you begin to realize that, bless God, the exceptional means of guidance would be angels. Now, I've got DVDs out there on, on 75 visitations of angels, all right? I've got DVDs, uh, CDs out there on teaching on angels. Now, ministering spirits sent out to do what? To render service for the sake of those who inherit salvation, and that's and that's what they're there for. That's what they do. Um, we, you need to realize that angels is a way, and which you've heard me minister that to you, that we must move into in this last day and this last hour. The angels brought manna down and and placed it uh, for us for forty de forty years in the wilderness. My challenge to the church, to you, has been this then when we come to the time of the mark of the beast, and it's going to come in our generation and our time, you're not going to put up enough food to get through this thing. You're going to have to not be able to buy and sell. What are you going to do? That's where the angels are going to come in. That's where the angels are going to begin to do what they have always done throughout eons of time in an exceptional display, if you will, supernaturally, are going to begin to make sure that the meal is in the barrel, and bless God, the oil cruise doesn't fail. And that's what's going to happen if it comes to being gasoline, comes to being heat. But you know, as I told you before, in, oh, that, that in itself is somewhat conditional because you're going to have to do something very important yourself 
you're going to have to prepare as well as you can prepare. And if you don't prepare, that stuff's not going to come down just out of heaven because you decide to yell, help. And I hope that you've gotten a hold of that through the message that we brought to you from the, from the angelic visitation. But it is a means in which God does what? It is an exceptional means in which God does guiding. Now, in Acts, uh, uh, let's look at Acts 27. Look at Acts 27. Acts 27, 21 says this. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should hearken unto me and have loosed from Crete and to have gained to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Boy, that's some strong stuff, isn't it? And who and whom I serve. So he's saying this. He said, even though that you didn't listen to me, he said, I'm just going to tell you something. The ship's going to go down, but we're going to be saved. Because what happened? The angel of the Lord spoke to me. Now, again, these are supernatural, absolutely spiritual as visitations as they can be. Now, the thing that I'm trying to get you to understand, that that is so extraordinary that it just doesn't happen every day. There are reasons for these things. There's reasons for these things to take place. And, 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 and you know, the thing of it is, is as you went through all the, the things or listened to the things that I gave about those 75 visitations of angels that I've talked about through the years that I've been in the ministry, the things that I've watched God do within all that, those were exceptional ways of God getting something done across. But in every one of those instances, there was a reason behind it. See, and a lot of times I'm hearing people talk about angel visitations. There's no reasons behind this thing. Well, I said, you know, I had an angel come in the room. If you have an angel come in the room, that angel's come there for a reason and a purpose. They're not just flying around, bless God, trying to, trying to, you know, stop by to say hi. They're sent from the throne room of God, and they are ministering angels. In other words, they're messengers. They're coming from the throne room to, to minister to you. Now, and I, our churches, uh, that see angels every service have angels uh, have angels the rule and not the exception and you got to be careful about that that's the same thing that bless God that I've said about dreams and and we're going to get to that here in a few minutes but the thing of it is that you, you the angels aren't going to show up every day angels aren't going to show up in every service that, that you know I've, I've crossed America I don't think any of you in this room save a few of you have not have not been in service with me when God let me bring those two angels in, and they moved among you. Some of you got some spectacular things that happened to you when those angels came in the room and ministered to you. And, and at the same time, I think that, I think that the, the, the wild part of all of it is you're getting an opportunity to reach over and touch over into that other world. And that's what the, that's all about. God, what God is doing is trying to give you the understanding that that's going to happen in your lives. And as I told you, and we use Daniel for a grand example of that, 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 that it, when Daniel, you know, was in that lion's den, the Word of God says, and there was innocency found in Daniel. The reason that Daniel wasn't eaten was because there was innocency found in him. He kept the law. He did everything that he was supposed to do, and bless God, what happened? When it came time, 
when it came time that he needed to be delivered, and, and those lions' mouths, bless God, must have been froze shut, then bless God, what happened? It took place. But, but again, the, the, we keep saying in order to get, again, the same thing I was ministering here all weekend, you've got to get your life straightened up for the supernatural to be an everyday situation with you and with your family. Because we have to have that happen. See, I, uh, again, I, keep, I kept saying to God, I said, what are we going to do with all this? I said, God, how is this going to take place? I said, we got people running around out here. More of them are working in familiar spirits and wouldn't even know Jesus Christ if he come in and sat down by them. And yet at the same time, they're convinced that they're just about this far from getting into this thing and they're a mile and a half from even getting close to it. And the Lord God said, that's my business. You know, that's pretty... <laughs> I love it when that happens, don't you? It's his business. See, my business is just do what I'm being told to do. He'll take care of the rest of it. And I'm going, well, I, I understand how this is going to happen. Because you see, in the carnal, and thank God we don't live and don't have to live in the carnal part of ourselves all the time. But in the natural side of this, it don't look good. How do you like that? Don't look good. It doesn't look good. It looks like we're fighting a battle, uh, losing battle. It looks like that the dike is about, the dike is about to break. Okay? And I'm saying, well, the dike's about to break, and where are we going to be? What's going to happen? Where's this thing going to you know, go from here? And, and bless God, let me tell you something. God knows. All right? God is raising up. As I said, God is raising up a people. We talked about for years in the Pentecostal movement about, well, in the last days, God is going to do a quick work. We're the generation upon whom God is going to do a quick work. We're, we're it. You and I sitting here today, and, and millions like us. It's not just us. This isn't the frozen chosen group, you know what I mean? Kind of a shame it's not, right? Kind of, kind of a, ch a, change, uh, a shame that it's not, but it's not. Now, we have to realize that, that, that there are signs or supernatural phenomenon ordained by God to act as a symbol or point of recognition on the journey He has assigned us. Now, now, now see, signs. You remember when they came to Yeshua and said, what is the sign? Give us a sign of what's going to happen in these last days. We need a sign. Now, the church is backward about all this, and I hope we put some of that to sleep, and I, I hope we can get it all the way put to sleep. The way to stop these so-called prophets is demand that they give you a sign. If they can't give you a sign, then that's all they are, are so-called prophets. Somewhere we got this. You got, this has got to get off. Somewhere it's got to stop. If they're gonna, if they're gonna have the nerve to come before you, and you take a chance of it cursing your family, because that's what you do. Anytime somebody stands up and says God says, the Bible teaches that not only, not only is that person cursed if it's not God, his family's cursed, and everybody that listens to it's cursed. You can't take that kind of a chance. So when some knothead's going to come around and start prophesying, you need to say, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute here. Give me a sign that we know that you're a prophet before you walk up there in that holy bema. And they'll look at you and say, now let me tell you what, you hear what I said? They will look at you and say, because they will, well, God's not giving me a sign. Then you point the door and said, well, you come back when you think that, that you're, God's going to give you one. And see, pastors, see again, pastors aren't deep enough into this thing to be able to say that to these, these, to these traveling whatever they are. You're not deep enough in it to say, look, I, you come, but I want you to understand now, you don't have the freedom to prophesy to us 
until you give me a sign right here and right now that's going to happen between now and the time service starts. Now, if they're not capable of doing that, they're not mature enough in the prophetic realm to be doing it. Again, show them the door. So, so then, then I went further than that, and I said to you now how to stop yourself from making the back end of the donkey out of yourself. When it comes to this supernatural thing, you ask God to give you a sign before you make that back end of the donkey out of yourself. If the sign does not come, just shut up, be quiet, and act like you never heard anything from anything, all right? Now, what did I tell you? If, in fact, the sign comes to, par, to pass and you go, uh, you go prophesy it and bless God it doesn't come to pass, then you just give up prophesying and just understand you're getting familiar spirits from both sides and there's no reason for you to even decide to get into this thing because it ain't going to work. Somebody say amen. So when, you, when, you, when that registers and we begin to realize that, then we're going to what? Let's go back to 1 Samuel. And I use this, the 10th chapter, um, very often. But this is so neat because it, it, it shows here exactly where God is going with this thing and how this happened. All right? Now, in, in, in uh, the first verse of, uh, of 1 Samuel 10, it says, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head. On whose head? Saul's head. And kissed him and said, It is not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men at by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzar. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses in sorrow for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forth from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a bottle of wine. Now, I want to stop there. Do you realize what the prophet is saying to him? He says, listen up here, you snot-nosed king for a day. Now, of course, he didn't call him that, but that's what I think that he ended up being. He said, now, this is what's going to happen. What's he doing? He's giving him a sign. He's giving him a sign. He said, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to meet these men. This is what they're going to be carrying. You see how, how pacific that is? It's right down to saying, here's what, this is what's going to take place. Now, I go back to the things that God's had me to prophesy around this world, and one in particular was the fact that I said when I was on Mauritius that time out in the Indian Ocean, I said there's going to be a, a storm like, likened to a hurricane. I, I, I see that's called what out there? A typhoon? A, what is it? Slyclone, thank you. They had to correct me out in out in California last weekend about that. The Slyclone, I couldn't remember that. And I told him, I said, here's the sign. I said, so that you'll understand that the Lord God sent the prophet before you, there's going to be a Slyclone that's going to come up on the island of Mauritius. They're going to, they are going to forecast, the climate people are going to forecast that there is going to be a, a, a terrible, terrible storm through this thing. And many people are going to die. The storm surge is going to be terrible. People are going to try to leave the island. People are going to try to get to the other side of the island. All kind of bedlam is going to take place. But here, thus saith the Lord God by the mouth of the prophet. The storm is going to come out, up, and it's going to stop. And it's going to spend three days and three nights and not move left, right, up, and backwards. It's going to sit there. Three days and three nights, it's going to completely baffle 
the people in the climate business, all right? There's nobody that's going to be the talk all across the Indian Ocean and down through that area that they don't understand. It's just sitting there. It's not going anywhere. And, and that is the sign that's going to happen. Then after that, in three days and three nights, that, 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 same, that same storm is going to go around the island. It's going to come over in the backside, and it's going to dissipate. It's going to lift, and it's going to be gone. Well, bless God, I'm gone. And I come back in, in a year. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny because people get to thinking that, that, that just because you prophesy something that somehow you don't want to know when it comes to pass. So I get off the airplane, okay? And, and when I get off the airplane, I meet a lady with a baby. of some people that I stayed with when I was in Mauritius and that treated, treated us so good. And bless God, I mean, actually just everything we wanted, they saw that we, we had. And, and she was barren and couldn't have a child. And so when I got to leave, when I started to leave, the Lord God spoke to me and He said, prophesy to the woman and tell her when you come back next year that she will bring the baby that she's about to have to the airport to greet you, that you'll put that baby in your arms and bless the baby. I said, all right, Lord, that's what I'll do. So I come back and then there I am. Here she is with the baby and I greet her and her husband. I kiss the baby, bless the baby, put the baby back in her arms and we're going down the road, okay? And so I'm thinking... Well, do I say something, or is that minister going to say something to me? So finally I said, uh, Brother, I said, uh, tell me about the, the storm. Tell me about the, the, the cyclone. Tell me, about, tell me about it. Oh, he said, you know. I said, no, I don't know. I said, no, I'm just the prophet. I just prophesy it. Well, he said the thing come up, sat there three days and three nights, spun, didn't move, everybody got confounded, and didn't know what, the, you know, what was going on, went around the aisle and dissipated. He said, isn't that what you said was going to happen? I said, well, exactly. But I said, it would be nice for my place, man, that every once in a while you would write, call, send it a carrier pigeon, or somehow let me know, you know, that these things that these things have taken place. I said, I'm flesh and blood. When that anointing's on me, I do what I do. When that anointing's off of me, I don't do anything. But do you understand that, that, that those, are, those are pacific things? That isn't like just saying, well, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. It's like I told them in, 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 in the, on, on the, let's say, the country of Malawi. They'd had no rain for th- over three years. And I told them, I said, after three days of my feet that leave this place, it's going to begin to rain. It's going to flood the land. The drought's going to be broken. You're going to have an official going to write to me and, and ask me uh, from the government if I'll pray and it, make the rain quit. Three days I left, it began to rain. Did exactly what God, what is that? That's what prophets do. And see, that's the thing that I'm trying to get across to you. That's what major prophets do. We have to go through the same type of testings, the same types of trials that you go through. There's not, there isn't any difference in it. The only difference is, is some of us are going to get through this thing. Some of us never are. I've always said this. I don't care what kind of a call is in your life. I, I and in fact, at this point in time in my ministry, I'm not even concerned about the call that's in your life. I'm just concerned whether or not you're going to fulfill the call. Most people today don't fulfill the callings in their lives. The reason they don't is for numbers of reasons, all right? Some of which are excuses, none of which are valid in the eyes of God. But you see, you're going to be judged when you stand before God if you fulfilled the anointing that God put in your life, come on, while you were here on this earth. That's what you're going to be judged by. Everybody has an anointing. There's nobody in this room that's not anointed from the Lord God from the foundations of this world. What are you supposed to do with your anointing? And see, that's the challenge. Are you just supposed to sit back and, oh, golly, gee, feel sorry for me, Jesus? 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what it's like to receive stripes from God from the throne room. But I've got this really, 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 really sick feeling inside of me that it ain't no fun. You understand what I'm saying? I got a feeling, brothers and sisters, that it's going to be the worst day that anyone could ever think to have in a, in a lifetime thereafter to have to be beaten with many stripes because you couldn't get around to fulfilling your anointing that God gave to you. See, God is expecting you to fulfill what He put in you. Why? There's people that need to be saved. There's people that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. There's people that need to be receive miracles and healings and deliverances all over the face of this earth. I've said over and over again, one man's not going to get that done. A dozen men and women's not going to get that done. But God is raising up an army. And in order to bring that army to the forefront, as I've been preaching to you all day, He is going to have to do something real, real important. He's going to have to get us all on the same page. He's going to have to get us understanding who does what, when, where, and how, and what authority uh, that we sit under, and who that authority is, and how that authority is supposed to act. And then how you're going to receive it, and how you're going to grow thereof, or not at all. So you have to answer for that. You're going to have to, you're going to have to give account for that. What are you going to tell the Lord? Well, now, I mean, I mean, it was that, that preacher I said in his fault. No, I'm sorry. That, that, that your anointing in your life is not conditionally connected to me or anybody else in the ministry. The anointing in your life is connected to you. It was given to you. It's not mine. It's yours. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to, what, what, what are you going to produce with that? Well, you know, I'd have done it, but it was my wife. Well, I'm here to tell you, then, bless God, you're going to have to deal with that too, aren't you? You're going to have to deal with that. Because let me tell you something, and I, I got this really, really, really deep feeling about this. I don't think, folks, when this whole thing is over, I don't think when you give up the ghost, you get before the Lord God, I don't think that there's going to be anything any more important than what we did while on the face of this earth, while we're here to God. Now, what are we going to answer? Well, now, you know, Lord, I was going to get into this thing, and I was going to do all this thing, but golly gee, you know, you look around and everybody was persecuting me, and I mean, you wouldn't want me to go through that. And he'll say, but they persecuted me. Well, God, you know, I, I got a family, and I, you know, I, I, you know, they, they, they talk bad about me, and he said they talk bad about me. And then the Lord God is going to say to you, they drove nails into my hands, my wrists. They, they drove nails into my feet. They beat me before they even did that beyond human recognition. They drove a crown of thorns down upon my head, much like that one up there, and, 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 and I bled profusely. And then they took a spear and they stuck the spear into my side. He said, but I fulfilled the anointing in my life for you. What will you do for him? What kind of excuses do you going to use the rest of your life while you didn't quite get around to fulfilling what God's got for you? What are you going to say about this? Well, Lord, I just didn't feel like doing it. You think the Lord Jesus Christ, when He was on that tree, when He said, or before He got there and the great drops of, of blood and sweat come off His brow, and He said, the Lord God, Father, He said, if it be Thy will, let this cup pass from Me. Do you think He wanted to do that? No. But He did that because that it was the anointing in His life as the Son of Almighty Yahweh Himself to come to this earth to perform so you and I. He didn't do it for Him. He did it that you and I could have eternal life. Now, what are you going to do? 
Well, I'm going to become rebellious, and I'm going to go out here and do my own thing in the ministry, and I'm going to do this, and I don't need to listen. And i got 31 years of ministry that tell, tell you, yeah, you do. Well, bless God, I'm not done sowing my wild oats, and I need to do that. I'm going to tell you something. Your wild oats is going to take you straight to hell if you're not careful. Okay? You are here to fulfill. You don't have the right, even though you've been given a free will, you don't have the right to refuse the calling that's in your life. Just because somebody badmouths you, just because somebody, bless God, doesn't like you because you, you, you do this, you look like this. i got news for you. This is what the Lord God looked like. This is what Yeshua had. He wore this garment. Not this particular one, but a garment like this. What are you going to do in all this? What are you going to do when this all comes down? What are you going to say? And what's going to be your confession before God? What are you going to say? And what are you going to say when the boys come? What are you going to say when Jeremiah comes up and says, Tell me about this thing. Tell me about how you as the last generation did all the works and the greater works that Yeshua, the Son of Almighty, Yahweh Himself said that you do. Tell me about the works. What are you going to tell him? Well, you know, I, I, well, um, uh, you, you know, Jeremiah, uh, things were tough there where I lived. And, well, uh, I, you know, I, I, well, you know, I did. Uh, well, we, um, uh, a few sick folk, you know, I mean, that, that's not going to be good enough, folks. They left the dependency upon you and I to fulfill this last day. Jeremiah is not here. Isaiah is not here. Ezekiel is not here. Daniel's not here. You and I are here. And if we don't fulfill this thing, it's not going to get fulfilled. So you take your comfort zone and you take it out and leave it in the parking lot tomorrow morning. In fact, you take it out and spiritually act like you're burning the thing. You come out of your comfort zone and you understand something. We are in the hour and the time of the greatest visitation that's ever come to the face of the earth. We're about to see the greatest exodus from this, from this world back into, back into Israel that there has ever been on this earth. We're the ones. You know something? They, meaning these prophets in that Bible, didn't any more believe that they could get done what they did than you and I think that we can get done what we got to do now. But you know what the story is all about? The story is all about the fact that this is the lot that fell to us. And again, my concern is, if you don't come to the point where you can work the works of God, if you don't grow up and learn to work the works of God, what are we going to do in the end of that? What are we going to do? Are we going to stand back and depend on one person, somebody like me, that's not afraid to go out and preach and tell the church they're sick and they're wretched and they're naked? Are you just going to sit back and let me take all the whatever the rocks that get thrown at me? Or are you ready to roll your sleeves up and say, look, I'm going to be part of this thing? Or are you going to wait till the first person comes and gives you a bad story about me, and that's happened, and then decide, well, bless God, we just better not do that? Is that what it's going to come down? If it is, you're wasting your time. Because if it isn't that, listen to me, if it isn't that, it will be something else. Because you're opened your heart to the other side. And when you open your heart to the other side, Satan is going to come in and he's going to steal and he's going to kill and he's going to destroy because that's his job. Neither give place to the devil. Isn't that what the Lord God said to the, the apostle? So in this and within this, then we walk into a place of saying, okay, the calling is in my life. What's the sign, Lord God, that there's a calling in my life? Right here. Right here. You don't need somebody to stand you up and say, Thus saith the mouth of God. Right here you know whether you're called. 
Oh, the confirmation, and now the mouth of two or more witnesses, every, every word is established is the truth, and that needs to be confirmed that way. But the fact of it is, that isn't what calls you to the ministry. What calls you to the ministry is the, from the foundations of this world. God knew Jeremiah. He said, I knew thee, Jeremiah, before I placed thee into thy, thy mother's womb. I ordained thee a prophet. He was a prophet before he entered into his mama's womb. He communed with the Lord God just like you and I communed with the Lord God before we were placed in our mother's womb. Commissioned by God. Told by the Lord God that then that day and in that hour you will be here in a little place called Fairfield, Illinois, which most of you sitting in this room didn't even know existed. That got an amen, didn't it? But here we are, the motley crew of the Lord God. Amen. Amen. He's got nobody else but you and I. We might as well decide that we're it. I keep hanging around thinking, well, God's going to send us an Ezekiel or a Daniel or somebody. And no, we're it. Most of you are the leadership that's sitting in this room that's going to see this thing absolutely explode across the United States and North America. You're here. Most of you in this room will take leadership roles before this thing goes very far. Some of you in this room, if you don't get your thumb out of your lower end posterior, going to end up in hell over the fact that you're sitting and doing nothing. And that's the danger that you face. It's a dangerous thing to sit under this kind of anointing by a prophet of God and not listen and not take in what you're being told. This is an anointing that you're listening to. This is a prophet of God that can speak life and can speak death. This is a prophet of God that's seen the dead raised. I've turned hurricanes. I've brought rain. I've caused droughts. And the Lord God does whatever. Brother, come up here. I'm going to, I'm going to let this brother here. And the reason I called my brother up here was my brother had, and his wife had the dubious honor to be with, with Don and I as we traveled in Hawaii. Now, you know we had some sensational meetings in Hawaii. We were received and received very, very well there. And while we were there, the Lord God let my brother, his wife, my wife, and the two hosts that, that, that had us in there see two phenomenal things. And I'm going to let him, from his perspective, I want him to tell you what he got to see, what they all got to see, so you'll understand one more time this isn't something that I'm making up. These are really things that took place, and this took place not all that ago. Go, my brother. My wife and myself had the opportunity, as the prophet said, to spend some time with them in Hawaii. We, we spent two weeks, and the hosts there, they, they drove us uh, around every island. We had the opportunity to fly from island to island. The prophet uh, was able to speak into certain things on the islands that, that he may or may not share with you. One of the things that we did, of course, as we did that, we visited a national park, and just outside that park, uh, and I can't remember the name of the island we were on, we are on so many, but there was this one particular spot that they wanted us to see. As we got out of the, the vehicle, and if you were quiet enough, you could, you could hear the ocean roar. We were about 3,500 feet up from sea level, we got out of the, the vehicle, and the temperature there is a nice 79, 80 degrees in the middle of winter, you know, shame on us. Yeah. As we come up to this particular spot that they wanted us to see, because from that area we were going to be able to see the ocean and the valley, 
And as we're walking up this concrete path, you can feel the temperature drop. And as you're walking up closer and closer and closer to the to the top of this area where all the sightseeing takes place, you can, you know, I can close my eyes right now and 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 I can just picture what it was that we saw and heard. There was a there was a concrete fence there with a steel railing and we're there and, and there are other folks there looking. We can hear the ocean roar. And it's just the most beautiful sound. The unfortunate thing, we couldn't see anything. The reason being, we were so high up, we were there was cloud, it was foggy, it was all there. And Donna says to the prophet, Prophet, we didn't come all this way, so I could just look at clouds and fog. I, I would like to see the ocean. And I'm I'm not using her exact words, okay? I'm paraphrasing a bit. But you know, the prophet, the man of God, took authority over the situation. He... And the cloud opened up from the center. didn't blow away from the outside. It opened up wider, wider. So finally, we could see the blue ocean. We could see the waves roaring. And up one side and down the other side, there was greenery and valley all the way down. I want you to understand something, folks. The power and the anointing that flows through the prophet. What a privilege it was for me to witness and my wife and all those others. And people standing there because I was off to the one side and people standing there and saying... This doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does. And there was one other time when we were on another island, and again, driving around, and we were sightseeing, and we stopped at this one particular uh, point where we could watch whales come out of the water and what have you. Somebody says, oh, look, look, way, way, way out in the distance, and the breezes are coming up. I mean, the, the feeling was just tremendous. And way out in the distance, we have these sightseeing boats. I mean, these boats look like, you know, two inches high. And that's where the whales are supposed to be jumping out of the water. And every now and then, we catch a little glimpse of what we thought was a whale. Well, I guess the whales weren't too busy. And again, Prophet's wife said, Prophet, I would like to see some whales. I love my wife. And I love the prophet because he spoke to those whales and he commanded them to manifest themselves. And they did. But they did so closer to shore. And again, we're not the only tourists there, right? And people are saying, this never happens. These whales never come this close to shore. Ladies and gentlemen, I know there's a lot more stories. This is in whose presence we stand or sit today, okay? And I could go on, but I assure you, this is real, very real. Thank you. Give him a hand, folks. You know, uh, the reason that, uh, that I wanted him to come and do this is because when people like me start telling the stories that I have to tell, Honestly, if you don't know me, it almost gets to sounding like a Steven Spielberg thing, okay? Who can stop a hurricane? Who can command a hurricane to sit three days and three nights? Who can do that? 
Do you, do, do you know anybody that bless God that can command angels to come into a room and get done? Only the real prophets of God do these things. And the reason I wanted Steve to come up here because he and his wife, my wife and those other two, they got to witness exactly what he saw. Exactly what he saw is what they saw. And, and there was other people who stood around to see. Now, what's that about? That is about you understand them. We have the authority invested in us from God. We're not a bunch of, bless God, down and outers. A bunch of people that can't do. You know the reason you can't do? Because you think you can't do. That's the only reason. When you begin to understand, I can do all things through who? Christ, that what? Strengtheneth me. And the Lord said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible. So I want that excitement to come into you. I want you to understand, excuse me, that you have a leadership here that's not some hot dog that just got in the business. I don't have a $3 million home on the East Coast, another $3 million home on the West Coast. I don't have a Learjet airplane waiting to fly me and Donna down to the Bahamas when we get done this weekend so we can have an R&R, you know, with a, a mint julep in our hand. No, no. I'm here to tell you something, that this is what prophets are and this is what prophets do. My thing is to say, what are these other people? Do you understand what I'm saying? What are these... What are these other people trying to do? I do what I do. What are they doing saying, I'm a pro well, I'm a prophet. Well, now, Brother Deckard, I'm a prophet. And you have done what? You had a, what, what kind of a dream? What kind of a vision? What kind of signs have you ever given? Do you move hurricanes? Do you bring storms? Do you cause droughts? Do you break droughts? What do you do being a prophet? And what I want under, you to understand, there is a difference between being a prophet and thinking that you're a prophet. And I want you to understand that. Prophets are brought forth from the foundations of this world. All right? That, that we're brought forth from the foundation. We are commissioned by God. Now, why God happened to leave me to the last end of this thing, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it had been up to me, I'd have left Samuel. I've always liked Samuel. I mean, I think he was just, I mean, he was, he was tough monkeyed around with old Saul, and old Saul monkeyed around with him, and old Samuel, he put the Word of God on him, and he did it real quick. Go back to the Scriptures here, if you will be so kind. And let's look into that fourth verse now. It says, And they will salute thee, and give thee three loaves of bread, two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. Again, now he's giving them pacifics. And thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Now he's going further. Now you're going to meet a company. Before, there was going to be what? There were going to be, uh, bless God, uh, uh, three. And he says that, that now you're going, to meet, that you're going to meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a palsy, with a tabard, a pipe, a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. So he's saying, now listen up, Saul, because this is what's going to take place. And then he said, and the Spirit of the Lord, when you fulfill this, when you come to this point, and you've been through all of this, exactly what I've told you, then he says, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. What is that? That's the anointing. Now understand something. Did Saul, was Saul anointed from there? He was anointed by Samuel. 
when Samuel in the first book, uh, first uh, verse, I'm sorry, took a vial of oil and poured it upon the head and kissed him. He was anointed. But he said, when you get through this and you get to that place, he said, then the Spirit of the Lord, then the anointing is going to come upon you. And he said, you will be then, and, and you're going to prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. Now that, the other man thing, which you've heard me talk about, I think probably in a whole lot more depth than I could ever touch here this evening, but still needs to be shown because of the supernatural aspect of this thing is, you are changed over. You are changed over. Remember the story that I told you about, my, about Stephen, uh, my, my best friend that's in Barbados and, and how it was we were up on the hill in the north end and we were praying and, and, and all of a sudden uh, me and the Lord was having this thing. I'm kneeled down on a flat rock and me and the Lord's going through this thing and I'm not wanting to do what God want me to do. Was I being disobedient a little bit? But the fact of it is, it looked to me like somebody else could have a turn in all this also besides me. And I said to the Lord, God, all right, I said, if this, is, if this is you, I want a sign. He said, you do that to God? Yes, I do that to God. I said, I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm going to slap my shirt on this flat rock. Uh, 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 I think I said three times or seven times. I think it was seven times. And it's going to rain. Now, Stephen's in the back on a rock right here beside of me. And Stephen's looking up. There's no clouds. Just a few thin, straight clouds. Nothing for rain. All of a sudden, it began to rain. I said, I want the rain to cover the rock. It covered us. It covered the rock. It covered where we were, we were at on top of that hill. We go down off the hill, and we start down the way back to his home. He pulls the car off the side, and he said, it's like a dream, isn't it, prophet? I said, what do you mean, Stephen? He said, it's like it didn't ever happen, but I know that it did. I said, Stephen, that's what it's always like. It's always like a dream. You know it happened, but it doesn't seem like it happened, but it happened. And that is the what happens when you turn into this other man. You walk over into a world that, bless God, is not hindered anymore of being flesh and blood. That's not hindered more anymore by materialism. You walk over into a world that, bless God, that you can operate in. A world that, bless God, that all of a sudden comes alive and all of a sudden all these strange things begin to happen because we're working with a God that is what? He's unlimited. See, the things that hinder us don't hinder God. And, and what he's saying is that here he's saying, now you're going to be turned into this other man. And he said, you're, you're, you're blessed God, the, the anointing is going to come upon you and it's going to happen. Now in 7 it says, and let it be when these signs, now what were they? They were signs. When these signs are come to pass or, or come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee for God is with thee. You know what he's saying there? You Saul, just do whatever you want to do. God's going to honor it. He's just going to, he's going to do whatever it is. God will be there to honor. Of course, we turn over a few pages. We begin to find out that old Saul, <laughs> he blew his deal, didn't he? The Bible says, and the Lord God, Yahweh, took his spirit and placed an evil spirit upon Saul. And then it says, Saul prophesied. Now, wait a minute. You, Saul can't prophesy in the spirit of God anymore. Saul can't become that other man with the anointing anymore because now what? An evil spirit is upon him. Did Saul know there was an evil spirit upon him? No, not for a long time. It said, and Saul prophesied. So what I'm saying to you is one day you can be in this thing, and the next day you can be out of this thing. But the anointing is the key to all of this thing, if there's such a thing, okay? The key is to place yourself in the midst of all this and begin to say, look, okay, we have to, we have to realize that, bless God, that 
These are supernatural phenomenons. They're ordained of God to act as what? A symbol or point of recognition on the journey He has assigned to us. And that's exactly what it is. He assigned this to us. He was sent on this journey. I was sent. I've been sent on the journeys. And God has said, you go to this person. You go to this this leader. You say this. You say that. You prophesy. You leave the sign. And it comes to pass. You go, you become, the anointing of God comes upon you. You become another man. You go do what it is you're told to do. That's what's going to happen in some of your lives. Hopefully all of your lives. Why? Because again, I have always been convinced that the anointing is capable. Now the reason, and in you, because let me tell you why. The Word of God could not say, and so a man thinketh, so is he. How do you think yourself to be something and become that? The anointing. It's the only the anointing will let you become that. Why? Because it's the anointing. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that comes that causes the rain to come down when there's no clouds. It's the anointing that came. And the case, well, I'm going to tell you something. It's easier to, to call whales in than it is to deal with most people. Why? You have full authority over everything in the sea, everything under the sea, you have full authority, all right? And you can take that authority in the name of Yeshua. And you can command, bless God, and it's real, they, they, why? Because we have been given authority over all these things. One time when I, before I ever got in the ministry, I was doing some carpentry work with a friend of mine, and a lady came out and she said, now I'm going to town, and she said, you're putting on, we're just putting on some, uh, around the bottom of her house, some stuff that had rotted off, some boards, and she said, now, when you get back there to the back, she said, that dog will bite you. And so she said, if you get that forward, just don't worry about the dog. Just don't go back there, I mean, because don't worry about the dog. Don't go back there so you don't have to worry about the dog. And I thought, well, that's all right. So we're nailing, and I'm sitting there nailing, and she leaves, or see her car leave, and I'm down like this, and I look under my arm, and there's that dog standing right there on the wrong side of the house, and he's got his teeth showing. And all of a sudden, this other guy, this friend of mine, was over here, he looked and he said, uh-oh. He said, are you going to hit that dog between the eyes of that hammer? I said, no. I said, I'm going to show you something. I said, I've been, I've been reading about this. Now listen, I've been reading about this. And I said, uh, we have authority over these animals. I said, I'm going to try it out. <laughs> he stepped back a little bit further. He said, I think you better hurry because he, that dog's about to bite you and maybe me. And I said, dog, listen up. I have authority over you in the name of Jesus. God gave me the authority. I take the authority, and I command you right now to quit growling, quit showing your teeth, and come over here and sit down in Jesus' name. Now, did I think that was all going to happen? I hoped it would. <laughs> By this time, my friend had got over inside the, the pickup truck, had rolled the window up. I know he didn't think it was going to happen. The whole time I'm speaking, I'm kind of edging backwards. Well, after all, it's my first try at this thing, you know what I mean? That dog took the snarl off its face, began to wag its tail, come up and sat down beside me and licked my hand. That woman came home and that dog sitting there beside me. The woman said to me, said, the dog bit you. I said, oh, the dog didn't bite me. 
She bit him. I said, no, she didn't bite him either. She said, well, why didn't that dog bite you? I said, because I just took authority over it, lady. She said, you did what? I took authority over the dog. God gave us authority over animals, and I just exercised my authority over that dog, and me and this dog's best friends. She said, that dog's going to bite your leg off. I said, no, it's not. This dog is my friend. Now, I found something out that day. I found out that day that, bless God, that I do have authority over the animal kingdom. So do you. You have authority. I have authority over them whales. I had authority over that fog that was down in that valley that day. I have authority over those. I have authority over hurricanes. I have authority, bless God, that I can cause it to rain or cause the droughts to come. I can cause diseases. What do you think I did when I was in California a year ago when I cursed the land and said that they're going to start having trouble in this, in this valley? There's going to be a blight. There's going to be a, a, a bless God, a fungus begin to get on the crops. And that year, they had the spinach and had the E. coli. They had something went wrong with the, with the lettuce. They had, bless God, the oranges all freeze this early in the spring. And bless God, now they got a blight, a uh, uh, fungus that's on the grapes that they don't know what to do with. What is that? That is a prophet of God fulfilling what God's brought him to the face of this earth to do. Now, were they more willing to listen this time than they were the last time? Yeah, they actually were. Now, why do you think that is? Because they saw the evidence of the curse beginning out there. They saw it. See, so, so this thing doesn't rotate, bless God, around you and I. It rotates around God. And the main thing is to understand that you see there's no time to, to glory in any of it. Why? Because you understand you know it's not God. When you get to that point of working the works of God, there's no glory in it. Why? Because you have paid a price. What did I say when we started this weekend? We're going to bring forth this weekend a life-changing experience for all of you. To begin a walk that you're going to have to do what? Make it a lifestyle of your life if you're going to make this thing work for you. This isn't something you get up and pray once a day and everything's fine. It's not something you're going to get up and read three scriptures every day or once ever or twice a day or three times a day and everything's going to be fine. No, no, you're going to get into fasting and prayer. You're going to make it a way of your life. It's going to happen every week of your life. It's got to happen. What does fasting do? It moves you over into the supernatural realm. That's what it is. Now, we got, I got a DVD out there on, on fasting and, and prayer. Now, if, if, if you understand and what has to happen, and the thing, that, the thing that, uh, that I've talked about is the materialistic things of this world, the flesh, the, the, you know, the floor, the chairs that you're sitting in. And how do you pass from that where those things uh, dematerialize de and, bless God, change and do whatever it is that, that bless God, that, that God wants you to do with that? Well, you see, you move over into the other side. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.